Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh my God! What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. We should just start this episode with a soup chant. <laughs> like, I have like, never been so happy in my life to see somebody fail as hard as Jack Campbell did last night. Dude, like the hype <clears throat> that he garnered for absolutely no reason, just because of the big contract, right? It's like, guys, chill. You, you, did you even look at his stats from when he was in yeah. Did yeah. you even like? Did you even look into that just a little bit? The thing was, he like, yeah, he was a Vezina candidate for the yeah. first half of the year last year mm-hmm. in Toronto. The second half, yeah, he was one of the worst goaltenders in the NHL. Mm-hmm. It was like it was awful. It, isn't it fitting that it's Backlund scoring the first goal? Yeah, Backlund opens it up. It's like Backlund from Stone and Coleman. <laughs> and like not even two minutes later, right? CC from Yamamoto and Dreisaitl. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I was like, "Well, damn!" Like, no, it's tell me that didn't just give you playoff flashbacks. Yeah. I saw that, and I was like, "Oh my god, we are in for an absolute barn burner tonight." <laughs> and a minute and like twenty seconds later. Michael, Michael Stone. Stone. Dude, that shot was gross. <laughs> it was beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, Kevin Rooney got his first point as a flame. We'll get to yep. that in a bit. Nazem Kadri scores his first. And Just snaps Brett Kulak's, Kulak's ankles. Just gone. Dude, if you see the angle from, like, behind the play, you know those cartoons when they, like, step on a banana peel? And they yeah, sit yeah. there and they're like wobbling <laughs> like 30 seconds before they fall. Kulax was literally that, but he did it to himself. Yeah. And then Nas walks in, makes no mistake at all. Just talks one five hole on Campbell. I really wanted him to pull out the Sully. Yeah. Same one. I, it's going to come out eventually. So I love Nazim Kadri. I oh. love him. I love his game. I love everything about that man. I cannot, like, the biggest flex in the world is that there is a YouTube link out there of the two of us <laughs> talking to him. Like, I'm like, seriously, when you think about it, it's like, the fact that we were able to get him on, not just the fact that we were able to get him on, but, like, just the fact that 
He's that good. He's literally what we've been missing, dude. Yeah. Like he, he like that center depth that we have now is so disgusting. H- adding Nazem Kadri to this team has done absolute wonders and he has fit in so perfectly to start this year. It's it's like you and me both thought that there might be some chemistry issues to start the year. They might not have everything figured out right away. It might be a slow start. We're sitting here talking now, being 2-0 and after playing the Oilers and the Avalanche. And Nazem Kadri had a two-point night last night. Looked so good offensively, so good defensively. He was one of our best defensive players last night. Yeah, dude. He, he cemented himself right away into the BOA. Just immediately. Yeah. The first, like, not even 20 seconds in the game and him and Evander are chirping. And it's like, yep. okay, okay, like. The thing that pissed me off about that, though, is the Sportsnet broadcast. They kept trying to make him sound like an absolute villain, like mm-hmm. comparing him to a guy like Evander Kane. And it's like, do you even know what this guy does off the ice or like what he does on it for that matter? Like, yeah. I don't, like, it's just, it's, it was kind of ridiculous. I think that's my one gripe. Freaking Sportsnet panel. Every, <laughs> just like, I don't want to. Like, I had it on mute yesterday. Yeah. I was like, I'm good. Especially it, after last year's playoffs. Like, I'm good. I don't need that. Yeah, no. It was pretty hard to watch at some points, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. I mean, they're always going to hype up Edmonton. That's just the way it is. Oh, always. The Flames could win a cup, and they'll go back to a McDavid highlight reel from, like, three years ago. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> you. you know what wasn't hard to watch, though? The first period. No, not at all. Or the third. Yeah. We're obviously going in reverse order. We're going to talk about the Edmonton game first, then Colorado might as well, because we already started with Edmonton. But that Manjapani goal, that whole line, the Dubé, Kadri, Mange line, is literally like, obviously it's early, it's two games, but oh my God. And Dubé, Dubé should have had a goal last night, too. That line, each of them should have had a goal. Dubé rang one off the post dude, um, Dubé, on that rebound. Yeah, Dubé, Dubé's prime for a breakout, dude. I, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I <clears throat> Everybody on that line should have left that game with a goal last night. It was a great performance by that line. If Dubé keeps this pace up, please, please. We would have found our answer internally after – Hating ourselves for a whole summer trying to figure out who's going to slot where. Um, and I, I think having a center like Nazem Kadri to play with is just going to elevate his game that much more. Um, 100%. Like, that's what Dubé's been looking for here in Calgary is a strong center to really open the ice up for him. And now that's happening. And we've seen the results already, even though it's been two games. But Dubé's been all over the ice. Him and Manj have just been like, doing circles in terms of possession. Yeah. Like, it's just, oh, so, so sexy, dude. I love that <laughs> line. Another thing we should point out, the fourth line. Because we sat here and, obviously, on paper, you look at the fourth line, you're like, okay, this is clearly the weakest part of this roster. Um, And then you just have to sit and remember that Daryl Sutter's the head coach and that his system – is actually works in favor of guys like Brett Ritchie, guys like Milan Lucic, guys like Kevin Rooney, who the sole bread and butter of their game is just go check the shit out of the opposition and then head to the bench. 
Yep. Brett Ritchie, if you have to guess what his Corsi 4 percentage was last night, what would you think it was? Uh, <clears throat> I said like a 75. The whole line had an expected goals for of 96.63 and a Corsi 4 of 74.38. So I was close on I was close on the Corsi. Yeah. And then Brett Ritchie individually. 84.62 Corsi four. 98.3 expected goals percentage. One rebound attempt, two hits. Oh, holy crap, Brett Ritchie. Pat spent excuse me, a really good amount of time last night hyping up Brett Ritchie, saying he is a very good hockey player when he's in his role. I cannot argue that because, oh, my God, like, I get why he's here, right? Like, yeah. I get why a guy like Richie's here. I get why a guy like Lewis is here, right? And we'll get to Lewis in a bit. But that fourth line, like, dude, their ozone time, just the, the first goal of our season came from Alucic to Richie. Like, Richie. Oh, my – like, <laughs> Come on. Like tell me that's not the perfect way to start the year off. Like just that was amazing. And you were talking about having Brett Ritchie like in his own role. Mm -hmm. Tell me Daryl doesn't have everybody exactly where they should be right now. Hundred percent. With the team that we have right now assembled, it's everyone's in the bright spot. Like we're we're gonna need guy a guy like Tafoli to step it up playing alongside Huberto and Lindholm this year. That is the biggest concern to me right now, but that third and fourth line, I, I liked them. I've liked them through the first two games this year. I, I wasn't huge on the fourth line last year. There was lots of times I found myself uh, getting a little frustrated with them, but from what I've seen so far, they're just playing that checking role, creating turnovers and just hemming teams in their own end. And that's what you have to see from your fourth line. And they go and they execute it really, really well. Exactly. Uh, and, like people were comparing Kevin Rooney to Garnet Hathaway, and I'm like, you know what? Let's just wait a bit on that comparison because I don't really want to compare this fourth line to the fourth line we had in 1819 because stylistically they're built very differently. You get nervous at all last night? I sure as hell did in that second period. I did not like the thing, the way things were going. No lead is safe, especially against the Oilers, and we all know this. The difference is, is now I feel like this team is, and we saw it in the third. This team is built to withstand that and to contain that. People were like, oh, like, why is the fourth line deployed against top line? I'm like, do you see what they're doing? They're doing God's work right now. That's don't even, why. Don't even question it. Just yeah. watch and learn. I think it was like heading into the third is when I was like, all right, we're going to need to play like we did in the first. And I don't care if Skinner is a wall. You just mm -hmm. got to keep pelting him with shots. And that's exactly what we did in that third period. We played a great third period. Like, as, for being up one goal, that is exactly picture-perfect how you want to play a period of hockey. Literally, though. Like, that was quite literally a perfect road game from the flame. Yeah. I mean, you want to... Obviously, the whole the ride of, okay, strong first, get off to a great start, Nah, kind of second, adjust yourself, come back in the third. That's all part of the growing pain of 
a season. That's not going to be something that happens overnight where a team plays a full 60. Um, but yeah, like just, just everything about last night was so beautiful. Like shots 42 to 29. Yep. Both power plays went one for four. And it's funny how the Kadri goal was a power play goal when there wasn't really a setup. Like <laughs> I took it in and went, nope, my, my turn. Like time to do it. Uh, shot attempts 53 to 37. Uh, scoring chances 27 to 21, both in favor of the Flames. High dangers 11 to 9 in favor of the Flames. Expected goals for 61.91 for the Flames and 38.09. It's just like the Oilers' game plan, realistically, when you even look at the way that their stats were structured last season, it's be okay to borderline get dominated five on five. Get a power play and score. Yeah. That, that, they are power play merchants. You can't tell me that that's not their game plan, bro. Like, yeah. Um, they are the whiniest team in the NHL. I am convinced. Oh my they God. do nothing but whine to the refs the whole game. That Hyman hit on Anderson last night. and He's complaining. And, okay, okay, bro was like washing it off as if he didn't just like murder someone. <laughs> and then... The fans over there were booing the call. I'm like, have you watched a game in your life? The top of his head hit the board. Like, like, what are you like? What are you doing? <laughs> like, what, what, what did he do differently from what we all saw? Nothing um, but the numbers and the top of his head is lined up with the boards, and you're gonna say that isn't a penalty? Like, all right, already. <laughs> I guess game scores last night: Michael Stone four point five two. Zadorov, 2.77. Kevin Rooney, the Rune Dog, 2.22. Um, Nas, 2.1. Mange, 1.94. I'd say just looking at the first two games in a vacuum, like isolated, the common theme is the Flames got off to excellent starts, both of those games, took their foot off a bit, then ended up coming out with a W. Mm-hmm. And this is all something that's going to be contained. Like, we're we're sitting here talking about winning opening night, which we haven't done since you and I were eight years old. Beating the Oilers on their turf. It's a picture-perfect start Oh, to a beautiful, beautiful like, season. Like, I haven't to- even bought NHL 23 yet, and this is what we're talking about. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. Like, <sighs> The defending champs and your rival with Connor McDavid, and you come out 2-0. and Like, did you know the Oilers beat us in the playoffs? Only heard it like 17 million times last night during the broadcast. Well, well, what was it? Was it 4-1? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I I don't know. You might 4-1, ask, I think. Yeah, I think you might want to ask Louis DeBrusque. I feel like he'll know the answer. Uh, <laughs> yikes. That, like, a part of me wishes. Could you like This is me being petty as a Flames fan. Let's just, for the shits, trade for Jake DeBrusque. Have him on the flames. I just want to see Louis's reaction. That's it. That would be awesome. Why he would like self implode. <laughs> you talked about liking the third line. I do think they were getting a little hemmed five on five. I don't know if Lewis is like the long term fit there, but based off of like the guys we have on our roster right now, how could he not be in that spot? Right. Like they're gonna have to figure it out in the meantime. And same with the top line, like. They're still getting used to each other. Um, I'm not going to sit and give an assessment on the top line through two games out of an 82-game season when 
literally all three of these guys literally met like four weeks ago. Yeah. When you think about it in terms of on ice play, obviously yes. Toffoli came in last year, but whatever. He didn't play with Lindholm. No. Lindholm's playing with two completely new players with different styles. Huberto mm-hmm. is adjusting to a Daryl Sutter coach team, a new system. And Toffoli, it's not like he hasn't had looks. He is just the uh, – me Me and my buddies were talking about this last night. I think he might be one of the most unlucky players in the NHL. Like, he he had that one where he rang off the post with uh, Skinner and Net. It's just he's there. Like, he's just got to find a way to start putting that puck in the back of the net. And, I mean, I'm glad Raz is okay. I did not like that hit, like we alluded to earlier. It was also his 300th career game. Let's talk about that Colorado game now. If you don't want to add anything more, I I just want to give a little shout out to Dan Vladar, um, getting the start in enemy territory. Really solid, really really solid. Um, he made a couple huge saves that kept the Flames in the lead. Um, I I I liked what I saw from him, and I couldn't be more excited for this goaltending tandem that we're running with this year. They were good last year. They are gonna be just that much better this year. And let's talk about Sutter's comments. Let's start a week. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I'm in love with that. Absolutely. 26 weeks. He wants them to start one a week. So there's 26 games for Vladar right there. Not including, say, he gets hot. Marquis struggles a little bit. You never know what you can see. Exactly. It's almost as beautiful as Nas's ring. <laughs> almost as beautiful. Like, dude, that ring, that thing is not even wearable. I know. It's it's like, like so <laughs> overboard. Like the number of diamonds in that ring. Like what well, well, how much would that is that worth in the open market? Like 25, 30k maybe? Probably. Crazy. <laughs> I'm out here flexing a thousand dollar ring, like ha ah, like like see this? Yeah. See this? Uh, Nas Nas has you one up. Oh dude. Like not even Mike, like just I like I wanna be like an honorary fan. Where, like, when we win a cup, I'll just get a ring shipped. <laughs> like, I just want to own that and put it in a case. Did I do any of the work? No. Did I talk about the guys doing the work? Of course. but Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, we broke the curse. We never have to talk about the curse anymore. Exactly. After this, literally after this sentence, we are not bringing up the thing ever again. Mackenzie Weger in the season opener. Oh my god! It was so good, unreal. Just fin- that whole game was really indicative of just fantastic special teams. Mm-hmm. A really, really, really good game from Dubé, Kadri, and Manjapani. Yeah, absolutely. And I was scared to death that game too because of the start we had. Just a super unlucky bounce. Um, just the weirdest play when I was watching it. It was like. Everything's moving in slow motion, and the puck's in the net. I was like, what? Like, Byram's just standing there. He's like, okay, I'll take this. Just taps it in. And I'm like, this is how we're going to start the season, really. But like, Brett Ritchie comes flying back. Lucic with a nice centering pass. <laughs> Makes it 1-1, and from there, the Flames never looked back, really. Honestly. Um, just quick little game report. Shots were 27-25 to in favor of the Flames. Power play went 2-5. for five. Abs power play went one for four. Shot attempts were 36 to 32. In favor of the Flames, scoring chances 22 to 14. 
High dangers were eight to six. Expected goals for 60.78 for the Flames. And the rest of that to the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> um, game scores. Mackenzie Weger, 3.1. Anderson, 2.68. Kadri, 2.17. Manjapani, 2.14. Dylan Dubé, 1.83. Mackenzie Weger isolated, just looking at him alone. Two assists that night. Two, two scoring chances. A 5-on-5 Corsi 4 percentage of 65.22. And a 5-on-5 expected goals 4 of 75.21. Hello. Just a great night. He became the fifth defenseman in franchise history to record multiple points in his Flames debut. Following Phil Housley, so we're talking like 1995, Mark Kundari, which is a name I haven't heard since I was a child, from <laughs> Steve Chason, 1995, and Rob Ramage in 88. So that's where just a really funny stat that NHL PR just goes, ooh, this looks fun. Let's yep. it. Both the second line and the fourth line had 100% Corsi 4 and expected goals 4 percentages after the first period against the Abs. Holy shit. Like, after the opening 20, they were literally both at 100. Like, they played perfect oh. hockey. I was like, what? Wow. Let's talk about the back end a bit now that we were on the topic of Uyghur. Nikita Zadorov. What a difference with the way he's starting the season this year versus the growing pain he went through to get, get accustomed to the system last year. Well, yeah. If you remember last year, um, he struggled heavily out of the gate. He ended up being a healthy scratch for like two weeks or pretty yeah. close to, I think, um, before he finally found his spot. And this year, Hasn't wasted any time getting involved with this team. Uh, Daryl talked about it in training camp. He said Zadorov had like one of the best camps that we had um, to start the year, and he's continued that into the regular season. He looked good. He just looks a lot more confident, especially with his like rush game and his puck control. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not afraid to just carry the puck now go for go start trying to make up ice transition plays like from before there was always like a hesitancy there uh even even when he found a spot early on and he was still getting accustomed to the system now it's like yeah i know the system i'm good Hell yeah. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let me just do my thing exactly he had a great training camp so did vladar had a 9-4-2 and just carried that right into last night Dude, this is unreal. Like, we start the season 2-0 and for the seventh time in franchise history. And the first time since 9-10. Can we uh, talk about that Rasmus Anderson goal a little bit against Colorado? Of course. Just, oh man, the stretch pass from Uyghur. Finding Anderson coming out of the box. And uh, just the move that Anderson pulled off. Like, that's a D-man that just absolutely embarrassed Frank Hoos. That whole play was just so beautiful. Mackenzie Weger, even last night, was great. He took some abuse, though, with some hits. I was, like, not a fan of that. I was like, hey, whoever this Malone guy is, could he just like, <laughs> please? Like, yeah, he was definitely a target, that's for sure. You know Backlund and Rass were sitting in the box that whole two minutes, and Backlund was like, when you get out, and you get a breakaway, this is what you're going to do, okay? And they just played it over on repeat in their head. Sure enough, Anderson gets out, gets a stretch pass, and just tucks one five-hole. The Flames are liking the five-hole this year. Nas scored five-hole last night on Campbell. Anderson had the five-hole on Frank Coos in the season opener. 
<laughs> five holes open this year. Five holes open for business. Someone's <laughs> gonna take that. Someone's gonna take that snippet and make it dirty. But like, <laughs> it's hockey lingo, guys. Get your head out of the water. Um, I am so happy with what we've seen. Like, bring on Vegas, bro. Bring on. Give me Jack Eichel right now. I don't care. We just handled McKinnon, McDavid, and Drysaddle. Give me Jack Eichel. Like, just do it. <laughs> Like, just hello. How's it going, Jack? Hope your shoulder's okay. It's, yeah, it's going to be a big game Tuesday. Another kind of measuring stick game. Uh, Vegas struggled last year, missed the playoffs. They're going to be hungry this year. So, yeah, expect another good one at the Dome on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, alternate captains for this season. Backland, Huberto, Lindholm, Tanev. Love it. Love it so much. Love it. I think now we've got eight games at Mm -hmm. home. If I'm not mistaken, yep. so just a huge homestand. Just get rack up the W's, boys. You don't have to travel. Just absolutely, yep. Just get accustomed with the team. You don't have to travel anywhere. You got like probably close to two weeks at home here. So mm-hmm. yeah, these are these are games that we need to win, and you should win re- realistically. Uh, I'm naming my kid Dan. I was going to name the, my kid Nazem. I mean, I figured Nazem would be like more like racially appropriate, right? But <laughs> I feel like Dan isn't bad. Like It's one of the two. So as of right now, we're looking at Elias, Nazem, and Dan for boys' names. I, I, I love the, the extremes that you – like it's just like there's <laughs> Nazem, which is like, yeah, like such like an, an Arab name. And then Dan, like just the whitest, like white name ever, Dan. <laughs> that, I mean, there's no one between. Every time I order Starbucks, I think my name is Roger. So I might, as well, <laughs> I might as well just bring that up, right? Like just get accustomed to the whitewashing, I guess. Like sheesh. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's a hell of a start. And Michael Backlund, he's now in sole possession of the third most games played in franchise history with 828. Michael Backlund's been here a very, very long time. He's seen some things. <laughs> he's, he's seen the absolute worst points of this franchise and yet continues to stick around. And I'm we so did. happy finally watching him in the role that best suits him. Exactly, right? It's like, okay, like, now I literally have no... I mean, obviously, the running joke is always Backlund's finishing, right? Yeah. That's always going to be talked about. But come on, man. Like, that – he's a, our third-line center now, and I don't know if there's a better third-line center in the league. Exactly, running. right? Like, right. He, he's, he's one of those guys that – he is a second-line center, but if you have the ability to play him in a 3C role, mm. he is so – far ahead of every other three C in the league, right? Like he's just, he's so good in that role, especially playing next to Blake Coleman. That's a five on five nightmare. Um, I, I love this team, man. I really do. The combined cap hit of 1.5 million, taking into account Michael Stone and Dan Vladar on our books for this season is still over 400 K less than James Neal's buyout cap hit. <laughs> just wanted to point that out there this team went through a full top to bottom restoration you cannot even talk about playoff series against Edmonton back in May because exactly the personnel is just not even it's completely different 
it, it's not even close to the same. We went through a superstar overhaul. Mm-hmm. All our original stars, gone. New ones in. How can you even talk about a playoff series that none of our stars played in? Go Flames, go. If you guys liked our content, feel free to like, comment, and the most important one, which is subscribe. Obviously, likes boost the algorithm, but any sort of, I guess, support would be amazing. We're going to probably head back to posting once a week now, talking about just the games that we can cover in between yeah. each span of recording. And yeah, I've got a little bit of a horse voice. I don't know if you guys noticed, but we powered through and uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Thanks for listening.